Yeah, you are not interested, but you just come. You let, let's come and let's try. Let, so, so we can try. You know, you see, at least they give God a chance to, to, to make his case. Okay. Don't say you won't come. If you don't come, you're not giving God a chance. It's like, give, give God a chance. Let him make a case. And then, know that after all the issues that are presented by God, you still know accept. And then, okay, you, you examine the facts. So, if you're interested, come. If you're interested, come. If you're not interested, you come. But God can use you. God can use you. God can use you. Your case is not that bad. God can use you. God can use you. You know the first number has changed. That's what I was talking about, the treasure. The first number has changed is your evaluations. What are the things that you value? Because, you know, this, Paul says that, for you know your calling. Peter called it the high calling. That means that in coming to Christ, you have a high calling. But people don't see like that. People think that serving the house of God is a lower, as if, oh, if you fail in life, that's why you can serve in the house of God. That's, that means that your valuations of things must change. It must change. It must change. You must start, you must start appreciating you, what the service in the house of God as a high calling. That means that everything else that you do is secondary to your service in the house of God. It's secondary. It's secondary. Everything else is secondary. Your calling in God, like it is an honor to be called by God to do something in the house of God. It's an honor. That is that, that must change about you. You must start seeing this. Where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. But the question that I asked at the camp was that what is your treasure? What do you consider treasure? You consider treasure. What is treasure to you? What are the things that you consider as a treasure? Do you consider your service in the house of God as a treasure? If not, you always think that it's secondary. You always think that, you know, when I have time, that's why you say those things. That when you have time, you do it. That's how the first meeting said that, oh, you know, when I don't have anything doing, I'll come. Like, if, oh, well, let's see, let's see, let's see if nothing comes up. If nothing, you see, such statements are dangerous. Not if nothing comes up. If nothing comes up, that means that everything else is more important. That means that anything can displace your commitment. Like, when you say, oh, I'll come for this meeting. And you miss it for one or two reasons. And so if nothing else comes up, that means that everything else in your life is more important than it. So something very little can, you know, I fall sleepy. And I'm tired. Anything could just displace your commitment to God. That's why your, your, your perception about the things of God must change. Your perception of the things of God must change. It must become high ranking in your life. It must become one of the most important things to you. Your service in God's house. Your service in God's house. Taking up the mandate. It's a high calling. It's a high calling. It's a high calling. If becoming an MP makes you honorable, what about becoming a cell leader? Honorable means that it's an honor to be there. That's what honorable means. Because they've been called to serve the country. So now they call them honorable. It's not. It's not. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be honored. They call them. They are honored to be there. That's what honorable means. Not to be honored. They are They are honored to be elected to serve the country. So the, if, if if being called to serve in the government is an honor, how are we then calling what we do a sacrifice to God? It's an honor. It's an honor to get an opportunity to be to become a cell leader in the house of God. It's an honor. Because not everyone will get that opportunity, that real opportunity. See, because it is that in heaven one day, God is going to reward us for what we did for him in this world. 
So to have gotten the opportunity to serve so you can be rewarded, is God honoring you? Or it is, it is God giving you an opportunity to be in a place that can be rewarded? Because not everyone will get the opportunity to serve him. Because if you don't serve, you will not get a reward. So God giving you the opportunity to serve him. Is God giving you an opportunity to, be, to align yourself to receive a reward in heaven? So it, it could only be an honor. It could only be an honor. It could only be an opportunity. And you must consider it that way. You must consider service in the house of God an opportunity, a rare opportunity that God has given you. Because God's promotion is God giving more opportunity to serve. That's, God, that's how God promotes. God promotes by making, you see, when we talk about promotion in the house of God, it's not being promoted to get more benefits. It's to serve more. That's the only way God. It's, I told you that the, the wisdom of this world is not the wisdom of God. In the world, when they promote you, they give you more benefits. But in the kingdom of God, promotion is not giving you more benefits. Promotion is for you to serve more. That means the one who gets the chance to serve more in the house of God is the one who has more promotion. That's, that's the one who are highest in the eyes of God. The ones who serve the more. And I'm glad for Christ and Bazi. We always give opportunity for anyone to serve. We never deny anyone opportunity. When we talk about giving, for instance, in church, it is, listen, talking about giving in church, eh, it is the best thing that your pastor can do to you. Give you the opportunity to give into the house of God. I know a church that the pastor says he don't bring anything. He can do everything by himself. He's robbing his members, he doesn't know. He's robbing them. He's robbing them because that is one of God's showers of blessing people. He's saying they shouldn't bring anything to God's house. So how do they be, how would they be blessed? Service in God's house is an opportunity. You must start seeing it that way. It's not by how you see it. It's not by how you see it. That's why if, if we call you come and do something, some, some, for instance, we give you, put you on program in church, and then you come late. Who put, who put you on any program again? In the house of God, taking a responsibility from you is the greatest demotion. Is the greatest demotion. Because in the house of God, your promotion in the eyes of God is true service. It's true service. That you can do something for God. That you've got this real opportunity to do something, to be able to do something for God. To be able to do something for God. Something to promote God's agenda. God is that, listen, God is that person. God is that person. Like God is the one that can delay agenda until someone who is ready to, ready to do it will come. He can delay it. For if, for if for a thousand years that you find someone who is willing to do it? You wait. You wait. That's God. That's God. That's God. If there's no one to do it, you're not forcing anyone to do it. You wait. God has done it many times. He's done it many, many times. God has delayed. God, the agenda of God has delayed many times. Go and read the book of Judges. And you say that when the people of God turned their back from following God, God waited. You wait until the people begin to call upon him, him again. Then you continue the agenda. That's how it is. It will always, he can delay it. He, he's not in any rush. It's not in any rush. And so it's not that you are saying that, oh, you're not doing it. That's why now God will not be begging you. It's only these days that we beg people to serve in God's house. Now I see, I always begging people to serve in God's house. No. 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 It was never so. It was never so. It was never so. It's an opportunity. You must start seeing it that way. You must start seeing it that way. Every chance you get to do something for God in God's house, it's an opportunity. You must attach the greatest respect to it. You must attach the greatest commitment to it. It's an honor. It's an opportunity that God gives. An opportunity. An opportunity. 
an opportunity. An opportunity. Because many don't get that opportunity. Many don't get that opportunity. When you get the opportunity, take it. Be desirous to serve in God's house. That must be your primary desire. That you can become part of God's agenda. You can be part of the reason why God's house is full. You can become part of that agenda. How can you go to a church where you just go and come? Every Sunday you go, you now, nah, you are something. Every day, only you. You come, you go, you come, you go. Nothing, nothing inspires you to do something else. Nothing inspires you. Nothing inspires you. It means that when you find your place, when you find yourself in a place where the church wants to involve you, it's an opportunity because there are many people who don't get an opportunity. Because there are many places where you can even testify. But they tell you before you came here, they never talk about doing it. They never tell, tell, never tell you being on the church. They never tell you any of those things. So to be in a place where we prioritize these things is an opportunity. It is an opportunity that God is giving you to see his mind. It is good pleasure that, that the message will get to the ends of the earth. How would it get there? He says, how would they hear if there's no preacher? How would anyone hear the message if no one preaches it? Yet, there are places where they don't talk about those things. So to be in a place where we encourage you to go out and take the message of Christ to another person who has never heard it. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for God to trust you with his message. It's a privilege. It's a privilege for God to trust you with his message. He said, the Bible said that, it says, if you cannot be, cannot be diligent, cannot be diligent to handle the things of men, the riches of this world, how will God trust you? That means that God, and I love Jesus. Jesus said, don't cast your pearl before swines. Don't. That means, what was the most valuable thing to Jesus? What is worse? His message. Don't cast what, he says that, don't cast your pearls. Don't cast your pearls before swines. He said it about his message. Meaning that what he had to say was his pearl. Was what was valuable to him. His message. For God to trust us with his message. To take it to another person and deliver it to that person. So the person also got the opportunity to come into the house of God. It's a privilege. For God to be able to trust you to become part of his agenda, it's a privilege. It can only be a privilege. That we must, we must, we must, we must, we must desire to be a part. And not to be doing it out of convenience. Not to be doing it when we have the chance. When we are, when we are less busy from our busy schedule. We can't approach the things of God that way. We must attach all diligence, commitment, and seriousness. 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 The problem with the youth of these days that they are not serious. Seriousness. Seriousness. Seriousness to the things of God. Seriousness. Seriousness. We must attach seriousness to the things of God. Seriousness. Seriousness. Seriousness is an opportunity that God has given us. Because indeed, eh, the time is short. The time for his return is short. You know, the challenge, last time Pastor Nick was saying this, he says, one lady who he says was not taking his soul seriously, he said, you don't know God. Because see, many people don't remember, like many people, they don't have it on their heart that Jesus will come again. They have to remember. That's the problem many Christians. They have to remember that, they have to remember that you come again. They have to remember. That's the first problem, that you have to remember that you come again. You have to remember it. No. You don't have to remember. It must be burning. It must be before you. The master's return must be imminent. 
It must, it must be, it must be your daily consciousness that the master will retain. And for that reason, you must be doing something about it. Interesting. The scripture we're reading about the treasure, and I, I want to, I want to show because the first time I showed that scripture, I was taking you somewhere on that scripture, but I only stopped at the treasure. Let me show you the Luke twelve. Let me show something just more. Verse thirty-five. Let's have verse thirty-five. Verse thirty-four says that I think verse thirty-four says Luke chapter twelve. Are you still here? We'll close very soon. But come, come, come on Wednesday. Make sure you are here on Wednesday. Don't miss it for anything. Don't miss it because God can use me too. God can use you. God, can, God wants to use you. 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 God really wants to use you. There are many people walking about thinking that they are too good for God. Are, and it's serious. There are many people like that. This people, they don't, they don't know. Like, people feel like, feel like they have something that if, if, if they went to go and serve God, I think they'll miss out on something. I've told you many times. The reason why Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt, let me, let me explain to you. Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt, not because she looked back to the city that was burning. She was not looking back. When, when the angels told him that, don't look back, he was not saying that, don't turn around and go and see what, how the place is burning. He says, don't look back. What was the difference between Lot and Abraham? Lot and Abraham would live together, but sometimes they separated. Why did they separate? They separated because their property and their, and their, 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 their basically their, um, the things they had became too much. Listen to this. It means that Lot was probably just as rich as Abraham was. Or, yeah, because Lot was rich because of Abraham. Because God blessed Abraham. The difference between Lot and Abraham was that what the things that he had meant more to him than Abraham. Abraham, and I've told you, Abraham, Abraham had so much, but none of the things that he had meant as much to him the first time that Abraham got something that meant so much to him was his son. Because it was obvious that Abraham didn't have any attachment to what he had. The Bible testified that Abraham was very rich. He was very rich. But no time would you get the impression that Abraham was attached to what he had. The first time that Abraham had something that he really, really wanted was a child. That's when God asked for it. God asked for it. God didn't ask Abraham to bring him thousand cattle. God didn't ask for it. Many times Christians can give God what they what, what they what they have or what they what they want. What they don't know is that God is asking for something. So like Cain and Abel, they all brought sacrifices. But Cain did not bring the sacrifice that God asked for. Because he thought that it was about bringing what you have or what you want. But it's not about bringing what you want. Serving God at your free time is not what God wants. God wants you serving him at your most inconvenient time. That is the test. God wants you choosing him at a time that is most inconvenient. 
in the face of clear adversity, you still choose God. That's what he wants. He said, I'm a jealous God. Meaning that when you, when you are in the midst of, of opposing opinions, where you have many options, you still choose God. So, you that you are beautiful. Then you think that, oh, I'm in my, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I have to, like, you know, shake my buttons around. When you finish, when everything is finished on you, then you come and serve God. When you are a corpse, that's the ultimate serve God. God does not want. God does, God does not want leftovers. God does not want. Let, uh, he doesn't want it. He does not want it. That's why he asks for first fruits. You see, God, there's the mind. You see, this is the, it is the, it is, it is understanding the mind of God. He always asks for the first and the best. He always wants your best. He always, if you cannot, if you're not ready to offer him your best, he's not interested. It has to, it has to be your best. If it will be given to God, it has to be your best. It has to be. It has to be. If you're not willing to offer God anything but your best, then he's not interested. He's not interested. You can't play with his mind. <laughs> he knows your best. When he came to me, he said, Abraham, give me your son. Your only son. Meanwhile, the guy had two sons. God didn't want the guy thinking that, oh, you know, but Ishmael is my son, right? You know, like I say, you know, take, 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 but Ishmael is my son. So let me, let me take the guy, Ishmael is my son, so let me take Ishmael. God said, no, 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 no. He didn't want him to play games. He said, your only son. Abraham knew what he was referring to. The Bible said that before, you see, Abraham, there's a reason why Abraham was special. There's a reason. There's a reason why Abraham was special. Abraham was special because when God told him, the Bible said that before dawn, the guy woke up and carried his son. You are still with you, are debating. He didn't think about it. He didn't have a wife. You know, actually, actually, it is said, it is said that the story goes that actually, that people say that Sarah died because of that incident. That Abraham tried to kill his son. That's what caused her death. That she couldn't believe. When they came back, she could not believe what the man was about to do. The man did not wake up and inform his son, his wife, you know, honey, this is what God is saying I should do. The guy woke up in the morning, he carried the son on a three-day journey. You see, God is amazing. God didn't tell the guy to kill him behind his house. He said, carry him on a three-day journey. God gave the guy enough time to change his mind. Day one, the guy was still going. God wanted to give him every opportunity to change his mind. Because God wants to know. That's why he said, now I know. God wanted to know. God wanted to know that, is he doing it because it is me? And that's why, if you're if if in church, and then you are serving God for many other reasons, you know, not because it's God, but because, you know, there is some fine boy in the church that you are, you are, you are, you are watching. <laughs> See, it has to be God alone. It has to be God alone. How does God know? How does God know? How does God know? Before you're living down the road. So you come, all right, so you come early. Everyone thought that Charlie, you, you, you are active in church. Then no, they move from, you move to La Paz. That's how you stop coming. It was never God. It was proximity. It was proximity. The church was just close to your house. So all your commitment, it was on the back of convenience. The day it became convenient, that's how you stopped. Serve God in and out of season. When it is convenient and when it is not. When you have money, when you don't have money. Next verse. I follow this thing. I follow this thing. I say Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll now get into the matter. This one is just, it's just prelude. We're just, we're just, we're just opening the introduction. 
He says, let your waist be kedded and your lamps burning. Look, look at the mind. And you see, in this scripture, he's talking about, he's talking about the end. He's talking about, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. He talks about all those things, all those things. Then he goes on to say that, let your waist be kedded and your lamps burning. Kedded means that, like, tighten your belt. Like, you know, like when you tighten your belt, like you're ready to move. And let your lamps be burning. That means stay on the lamp. This is the, listen to this. This is the very same thing that God told the Israelites in Egypt. When the day that the firstborns of the Egyptians died, that day, God told them to get their, get their loins. And they said the food they're about to eat, they should, eat, they should not sit down. He, it, 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 it's, a, it's a preparedness, a readiness. So they were about to leave Egypt. God said they should cook and eat. But that eating, they shouldn't sit down. They should eat it standing. Because you're on your way out. Say, get your loins. Say, get your loins. So let your waist be gathered and your lamps burning. That means that keep your lamps burning. Let's this. And you yourself be like men who wait for the master. I was telling some of you have to remember that the master will come again. That's why you're not, that's why your lamp is not burning. Because everyone now and then, hey, it's true, you come again. Hey. They did the picture about rapture. They say, hey, it's true, the master will come again. You see, the problem is that your lamp is not burning. It's not like men ready for his coming. The thing it must be before you every single day. You must every you yourself be like men who wait for the master, wait for their master. Be like men who wait for their master. When he will return from their wedding, this thing is beautiful. That when he comes and knocks, they may open him immediately. Immediately. They may open him. Not five minutes later. You know how sometimes before I come, you're not cleaning the room. You'll be you, 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 you fooling the whole day. They say, wash dishes. Wash dishes. All they told you was, wash dishes. You, the boss, just wash the boss. You are, you done, you, you fool the whole day. Just fooling. When he hear the door, they start to wash dishes. That's how you're using two seconds to wash dishes. Because before you can open that gate, you must wash this boss. I'm coming, I'm coming, and I'm watching the bulls. I'm coming, I'm coming. He says that you may open him what immediately. He said, be standing there and waiting. When he knocks, you open. Open him immediately. He said, you be like men waiting for their master. Give me a message. Be like men waiting for their master. Their master's return. When he returns, he said, be like a house servant, house servant, waiting for their master to come back. That means that our life is supposed to be waiting for its return. Not living like men who are just comfortable. You see, the Christianity we are living in is a life of sojourning. The word is sojourning. Sojourning is sojourning is a man on a journey who has taken a short break. You see, so you sojourn. Sojourn means that you know, like it's like how maybe I go to Kumasi, then you stop at Linda door to buy. Those of you that are here, you stop at Linda door. You go and get up and get down, get down and go and buy, go and buy some some Friday ham. That is what the journey is. You sojourn shortly so you can continue the journey. Be like servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon awake and ready. Awake. Awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knock. Let's continue. Continue on Wednesday. Continue on Wednesday. Make sure you're on Wednesday. Make sure you're on Wednesday. Because God can use you too. God can use you too. 
God can use it too. That excuse you give him. That's your on and off behavior. On and off. So that like ECG. On and off. Today I hear tomorrow, you know. Pastor, I'm back, Pastor, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Two weeks. Then we'll hear from me again. That's your on and off behavior. You must stop. On and off behavior must stop. On and off. On and off. On and off. On and off. It must stop. Because God can use you too. You must become reliable. God must be able to depend on you. God must be able to depend on you. God should be able to depend on you. You must become dependable. 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 It's because of that on and off. That's why I can't give you church keys. If they give, if they, if they give the church keys, we will have service outside. On and off behavior. When, when, they, when they hear that, hey, the keys with this guy, hey, why do you give it to him? Ah. Because it's two things. Either you don't come at all, you come late. On and, on and off behavior. Become so reliable, they can give you church keys. But who opens the church for us to start our service? That's how reliable you must become. Reliable. Reliable. God should be able to count on you. God should be able to count on you. God should be able to count on you. I said, God can use you too. There is nothing in your life right now that's even, even nothing in your life that right now that is so important that you cannot you cannot forsake for God. I mean, you don't have a child. You don't have you don't even have an, an actual job. Like you don't even have an actual job. For most of you, you don't even have a the job you are doing is not an actual job. You also know it. That, 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 that job. It's not gonna be a job. Three hundred gonna be a job. You go to job, they pay three hundred gonna end of the month. You work for a whole thirty days. Let me, uh, let me every day, te- every day test it, every day test it. It's okay. No, but share the matter. That is the job. That, that's the job that you can you cannot you, you cannot forsake for God. You never even began actual job. Don't mean when they pay five thousand dollars. Let's forget. If if they even start paying five thousand dollars, we should forget. Because if it turns out they say, Pastor, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I can't come for the camp because of oh, my job. You know, my madam will not understand. My my boss will not understand. You know, hey, like turn again your English. This is your English. This is your English for 300 Ghana cities. 300 cities. Your English, your English, your English is on us. Pastor, you know, you know, it's only me that's at the shop, and so Pastor, I cannot leave. I know, you know. Let them suck you. 300 Ghana cities. 300 Ghana dear. No, that one, you understand. You know, if you make some 10,000, 5,000, we can start discussing. Oh, how do we go around the job? But 300 cities. See, see, if you work for 300 cities, then you call your boss and say, I'm going for a camp tomorrow. I'll come back in three days' time. You go and come, but the job will still be there. Nobody will take it. 300 cities. How many people can I do job for 300 cities? It's only you that is doing it. We don't know how we do that job. We don't know how willing to do that job. You can go and come back for three days. That job will still be there waiting for you. And my dad will say that if you go, don't come back. Eh. 
You go and come back. They say, whoa, what about? That job, you're the only person willing to do it, too. I'm telling you. You're the only one willing to do it. Nobody, uh, hey. Now, how much is your lunch? <laughs> now, like, if you eat the meal, it's you eat Hey. No, 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 no. That, that. That I'm sure if you if you make if you making for three hundred cities and you pick car to check every Sunday, can you you will come to it will not suffice. The job that can help you serve God is serve God. You don't have to You do that job when you come to say give give partnership. Can you you can give them what what's the use of the job? Are you see what I'm talking about? Why we say these things to you? It's because, even now, when you are, if you are finding it hard to do some of these things for God now, there's no time in your life that to be easier. Because a time will come where this is your job that you'll be doing. That's why you take care of your wife, take care of your children. If you have a nagging wife on top, you are finished. You are, you are finished. You are, you are finished. And your wife is not, not a beautician on top. Beautician is that she's the, she's the, she's the this one. Eh, you buy makeup, you buy this one, you. Eh, but then I'm true with you. <laughs> but, then, but, then I, but then they finish with you. Now you can't give up that job. We can't, we can't even dare to tell you to stop that job. Because <laughs> your three children, they are in some school. Your kindergarten school fees are local. It's like 5,000 cities. Now they can tell you to stop that. I can tell you, see? So now is the time we can tell you those things. You know, at the time you are alive, we can't tell you those things. God wants your best. God wants your best. God requires your best. Be willing to give him your best. Anything short of your best is not good enough for God. It's not good enough for God. Anything short of your best is not good enough for God. It must be your best. It must. It must. Wednesday, God can use me too. So Wednesday, we gather here be here. Invite your friends. Because God wants to use them too. But after this meeting, things will change. You see, things will change about you. For many of you, things are, a lot has changed about you. A lot has changed about you so far. A lot has changed about you so far. A lot has changed about you so far. Wednesday. 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 Make sure I hear. Make sure I hear. Make sure I hear. Look at our friends.